don't exhibit the joy that God has for us. You see, uh, sometimes I can I find that living the Christian life, being a Christian, sometimes has a negative or a down connotation. Kind of like you have to be. If you're a Christian, you have to be sad because if you're happy, something's wrong. Okay, well. That's really not what God wants for us. Actually, in truth, as we look at Scripture, we see the exact opposite, that actually God is for us uh, and not for our joy, not against our joy. He's not trying to take our joy away. So we're going to talk about several things this morning about how we pursue joyfulness as it comes to pursuing joyfulness in Christ. Um, It's a new year. Obviously, you guys know that by now. You probably already are trying to transition from uh, writing 2013 to writing 2014 on your checks and everything else you might be writing uh, dates on. Uh, And it is a new year. And what happens at the new year is people decide that it's time to make New Year's resolutions. Maybe you've done that this year. Maybe you haven't. Uh, Some of us have different resolutions each year. Uh, some of some of us maybe it's to lose some weight in the new year. That's a big one. You go out to the store and all you can see is diet products everywhere because a lot of people want to become more healthy through the year, lose some weight. Uh, maybe others of you, it's to be uh, a better spouse, a, a better uh, parent. Uh, there's a whole slew of things that we could be resolving to do better in the new year. But what I find is many people who are making New Year's resolutions, the real reason that they are making resolutions in the first place uh, is because they are trying to pursue uh, happiness or joy in life, really, because they think that uh, if I can diet and I can be healthier, and I, then I will be happier. Or if I can be a better parent or a better spouse, or I can do this better or do that better, that somehow that'll make me a happier person, that I will be able to experience more joy, happiness, fulfillment. Uh, and I'm not saying that some of those things won't bring some of that. But I think our ultimate goal Our ultimate resolution should not be to find happiness in all those different resolutions, but to find joy in Christ and find it in God alone. And that's where we should be looking. Uh, The first slide here. Uh, This is just to get us started. For us to see that indeed, God does want us to find joy in Him. Now, I'm going to talk about these verses in just a second, but before I do, I want to give a little disclaimer. Because what people could walk away from this sermon saying is something I don't want to be said is this. That I am saying that when you become a Christian that your life is perfect and you never have any problems and everything is just peachy and you're smiling all the time because you never encounter anything that is saddening or anything that will cause any kind of pain in your life. We already sang a song that talks about the fact that there is pain in life. I am not here to say that by coming to Christ, it's the magic pill that will solve all your worries and solve all your problems and you'll never have another issue in life. That is not at all what I'm going to say. There will be hard times. But what I'm going to say is even through those hard times, even through the times where we're not necessarily happy in the worldly sense, it doesn't mean that we can't be happy in God. We can't find joy in Him. Because despite the circumstances, He is there with us. He is walking alongside of us. And we can hide away in His love. These, it's, it's very interesting how these songs really are blending right into what God has for us today. Because I had no idea what the songs were, and yet it's blending so well. Even from the very first song, Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee. But do we really adore Christ? Do we really adore Him in a joyful way? Well, as we look at the Scripture, here is just... A few verses, and this is going to be different than, than normal Sunday morning services as far as how the sermon is set up. Uh, I had a huge plan for what was going to happen, and God's been working me the last couple two days to try to come up with this. Uh, and uh, 
I was going to go through a, a chapter of the Bible and God just led me to this and I hope that this will be something that might in, inspire or show you some truth today. But we're going to look at it several different verses, that being said. So uh, you can feel free to turn along if you wish. It also will be up on the screen uh, to save us a little bit of time this morning. Uh, Psalm 37, 4. Uh, as we read that, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. The point we're looking at here is delight yourself also in the Lord. The word used here is delight. Uh, it's not, there's not some hidden meaning here that means something other than delight. What it really means is that we delight ourselves in the Lord, that we find joy, that we find happiness in Him. Once again, this isn't in the way the world may find happiness. This is finding it in Him. And then we read as we go on in the book of Psalms, actually this is before that one, but in the book of Psalms uh, 16, verse 11, it says, In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We come together, we worship, we worship in God's presence. He is present with us at all times. He is omnipresent. We know that to be true. And, but let's remember too that in that presence is the fullness of joy and that there are pleasures forevermore. See, God says following me isn't drudgery. Following me actually is joyfulness. I will give you the fullness of joy. I will give you pleasures forevermore. And finally, in Psalm 43, verse 4, uh, we read this. Says, then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Now this verse tells us something that's even more deep than just that we can find joy in the fact that we know God, but it is that God Himself is to be our joy. That as we worship Him, as we look to Him, as we desire Him, as we are in Him, He becomes our joy. He gives us true joy, true happiness, true fulfillment. It is only in God and God alone. There are several other verses that point to this fact. These are just three of the many that show us that God is not a God who wants us to live in sadness and depression, but instead wants us to live in joy and live in fulfillment. Um, now, I use happiness. I've used it several times. And once again, I want to frame this up. This is not the happiness that necessarily comes from everything going well. It doesn't mean you're going to have a smile on your face 24-7. It doesn't mean that every... Uh, in every step of your life, you're going to be laughing, okay? But what it means is that you know you have true inner peace, inner joy, inner fulfillment. That is the happiness we're talking about. And God desires that for us. So this morning, I just want to take several aspects of our Christian life. And we're going to go through them fairly quickly. But as we look at these different aspects in our Christian life, I want us to ask the question, are we tru truly living joyful Christian lives or are we just living things out of compulsion, just because we have to do things or because it's the thing to do? Are we living our lives really in a spiritual depression without even realizing it? Or are we living our Christian lives out in a joyful way that we can point to God and say, He is my joy? Let's start, we'll be looking at the very basic thing in our next slide here, and that is we should find joy in our salvation itself. Of course, we start with this very building block. Uh, we find joy in the fact that we even are Christians, that we believe that God has given us the gift of us being able to believe in Him. Romans 15.13 points this out. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Earlier in Romans 15, it talks about this idea of Jesus Christ being the one that brings us into His family. 
And the idea here is that we have joy and peace in believing. Once again, this idea of joy. The fact that we are Christians, that we believe in Christ, should give us real and inner and beautiful joy in our lives. So that when we come to Him, we can say, Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee. Because we are saved and we find joy in that. And why do we find joy? Well, very simply, you know that most of you here know the gospel message, but it's, it's really the most beautiful story of all time. And that is, we can have joy because we were all condemned to death and hell because of our sin. Because we've all done something wrong, something against the holy God. We've gone our way instead of His way. We've all done that. But what did Christ do? What did God do? He sent Jesus Christ, His Son, to this earth to live a perfect life, to show that He was God and man all at once. And then He chose to go to the cross to die for our sins, to take the penalty for the sins we've committed so that we don't have to face hell. And He did that for us. He rose again to show that death and sin had no power over Him any longer and that we now can be part of His family by believing in Him, repenting, and turning towards Him for our faith for our salvation, for our future, for our life now. And what does the Bible say? It says, in believing, we should find joy. But once again, this is a prayer that is being said, and it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. God will be the one to give us that joy. If we are saved and we are truly in love with Him and we are following Him, hopefully God will be giving us that joy. If there's not joy in the fact that you are saved, if you are walking this world and you believe that you're saved and yet you have no joy in it, there's probably a heart issue going on that needs to be dealt with. And pray to God that He will give you the joy that comes with His salvation. So my question is this, are we happy or are we joyful to be Christians? Or is it maybe a term we tend not to want to take? Sometimes if somebody asks if we're a Christian, it's weird. we don't really want to say yes because uh, that is a negative thing. Or yet, are we happy? Are we joyful in the fact that we have been saved by a God who loves us so much that even though we didn't deserve it and even though we had nothing to do with it, His grace came to us and saved our very souls? I hope we find joy in that. That it's not just something we say or believe, but it's something we, we really have joy in. So then let's continue on after we talk about finding joy in our salvation. Uh, we find also that we should be pursuing joyfulness in God's Word. We should find joy in God's Word. Now there are several, several passages as you look through Scripture that talk about the delight of God's Word. We're finding joy in reading God's Holy Word. One of them, out of the many, is Psalm 119.16. And it says this, I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Once again, this word delight is here. I will delight in your statutes. And if you've been going to our Sunday school at all, you know, when we talk about statutes, when we talk about commands, when we're talking about these things, we are talking about the word of God as it has come through us to us through God's word, the Holy Scriptures. Delight. Do we delight in God's Word? Do we find joy in the Bible like we should? Practical thing to think about here is maybe you have daily devotions, and I pray that you do, and I hope that you do. And maybe every day you go to the Word and you read it. But what I want to ask today is do you find that joyful? Do you find that 
a pleasant thing or do you find it something that becomes drudgery something that we just do because we have to something that we open the bible read it as fast as we can so we can get on with the rest of our day i'll admit to you right here that that's been me several times where i've looked at the word of god and i've read through it and said good i put my stamp down i i've done my devotions now let's get on with the day that that's not what God has for us. You see, He wants us to have joy in His Word. He wants us to be fulfilled as we go to His Word, as we read what He has for us, that we have true joy, that it's not just drudgery, it's not just compulsion, but instead it is joy in our lives. So my question for all of us, including myself, do we really find this joy? As we go to God's Word, do we find this joy? And if we don't, we need to pray to Him, we need to call on Him, just as we just looked at, that He will give us that joy that we so desire because it's good to be joyful when it comes to reading God's Word. Do we really crave His Word and find joy in it? That would be where we would leave that. The next thing, as we pursue joyfulness in our Christian life, we should find joy in prayer. We should find joy in prayer. Now this goes kind of right along with as we talk about God's Word because usually we, they do kind of go hand in hand because usually if you're doing a daily devotion, uh, you'll read God's Word and you'll pray and those kind of things go together. And the same thing can be said that we just talked about as we talked about going to God's Word. Uh, John 16:24 says, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and it's some of his last words to them. And he's saying, look, if you ask, if you seek me, uh, your joy will be full. Once again, this isn't the only passage that refers to this. Uh, if we had all day today, we could probably look at several different passages. Uh, but this is one main one where Jesus says, look, ask, pray, call on me. And if you do, when you do, that you that your joy may be full. Uh, if, we go, if we look at uh, Philippians 4, and it talks about uh, when we pray, and it says that the peace of God will come upon us if we pray to God in thankfulness. So these are things that come to us, joy and peace when we pray. So as we read God's Word, do we find joy in reading it? Also, do we find joy in talking to God through prayer? I don't know about you, but I enjoy to talk. Sometimes too much. You can probably ask my wife or any one of my friends. I probably do talk too much sometimes, uh, especially when it comes to my family and friends and people I really enjoy being with. I find myself talking a whole lot and really enjoying myself as I talk. Um, like I said, probably too much sometimes. But do we have that same joy? Do I have that same joy when I'm talking to God? You know, I'll talk to a friend for a couple hours about whatever issue it might be, uh, whatever we might be talking about for that day. I'll talk to family members about things and I'll have, I'll have joy in that and I'll enjoy that. But sometimes when it comes to prayer, what do I do? Well, I just, you know, dear God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Uh, please bless this. Amen. Okay, that's not finding joy necessarily in praying. Do we find joy in the same way we would talk to our friends, our family, those who we want to converse with? Do we find that same longing, that same joy when it comes to praying to our God and Savior, the one who saved us, who gave us His grace? Do we look to Him and do we say, when we pray, are we joyful? Are we happy? Are we fulfilled in the fact that we are praying? We need to be. Now that, once again, here we go. This does not, all, this does not mean that in prayer there is not confession, which is not a happy thing. 
Because when we pray, one of the things we do in prayer is we confess our sins that we are committing. And you know what? We feel we repent of those and we feel brokenness from that. And there is negative feelings that come from that. But as we do it, when we get up from the end of our prayer, do we emerge in depression or do we emerge knowing that Christ has saved us? Therefore, we are forgiven. Therefore, our repentance has brought us to a new and fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. And that should give us joy. So whether your prayers are prayers of thanksgiving, whether your prayers are prayers of supplication, whether they're being a prayer of confession, all of our prayers should go to the goal of finding joy in Christ, finding joy in Him. And that when we walk away, we know we've had an encounter with the God of this universe, and that should inspire us to be joyful in the way we live and in the way we pray. But also, as we find joy in God's Word and find joy in prayer, we also must find joy in our worship. Now, when I talk about worship, I'm not just simply talking about the worship we do as we sing uh, here on Sunday mornings. Worship is much broader than that. Worship is everything we do in which we give honor and glory to God. That is how, that is how we live at home. That's how we live when nobody's around. It's when we're just with our family. It's when we're here at church and we're praising. It's, it's when we're talking with our friends and family. It's whatever we are doing when we are giving glory and praise to God. That is our worship. Do you find joy in bringing worship to God? In Psalm 9, verse 2, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I will be glad and rejoice in you. When you come... We'll use a specific example. When you come to service and these songs come on the screen and we are singing together and that is a time of worship. It's not the exclusive time of worship, but it is a time of worship. Do you find yourself sitting in the chair or standing out there just repeating the words just to get through it? Or are you joyful in your worship to God? Once again, one of these songs wasn't necessarily a song as we sang about blessings coming, from, coming through raindrops. That's not necessarily a song that we're going to clap and smile and laugh to. But yet, at the end of that, did you feel a joy in knowing that God is the one that can transform anything into good in your life? You see, joy can be found even if happiness, as the world defines it, isn't there. And as we worship, whether it's worshiping here, worshiping at home, do we find joy in that? Or is it just another exercise? Is it just another thing we do because, hey, we're Christians. This is what we're supposed to do. Or is it something that you really, genuinely find joy in doing? I hope that we're not bored with worshiping God. I hope that we find joy in Him. Next, as we move on, we talk about the worship together. Now this goes into also we should find joy in fellowship with one another. We should find joy in fellowship. And we might park here for just a few minutes because there's some things that um, I think we can really draw out of this. But in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, How good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant it is. So my question then is, is when you come to church and you have fellowship with other believers, when you're brethren, whether it's here at church, maybe it's at a home group, maybe it's somewhere else, but you're getting together with Christians, do you have true joy in that fellowship? Do you find it good and pleasant? Or do you find it maybe annoying, (laughs) maybe um, boring, maybe um, something that you don't really want to do, but you know you have to do, so you're doing it? Or do we actually find joy in being with one another? I hope that we find joy. That's what Scripture says. It is good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
When we are in unity, it is good and pleasant. And I hope you see that here. I hope as you come to our services that you see how good and pleasant it is to be among other people who believe and love Jesus Christ. And so we can come together and have true fellowship where we can share life together, share our spiritual life together, and that when we walk away out of these doors, we are filled with joy because we've been together. Does that happen for you? There was a time in, in not too long ago, honestly, in my life where I had forgotten about the joy of fellowship. It was a time of transition in between I was done with uh, my year of seminary that I took and then I was looking for a church, but no, there was no, nothing available. I was working at a nursing home at the time. My wife was working at a daycare. We both had somewhat full-time jobs. We were working a lot. We were busy. And what started happening is, is because when we, we moved and there was no church that we were entrenched in, uh, we went to church a couple Sundays and then before long it became a lot easier to sleep in. It became a lot easier to do other things on Sundays because that was the day that I had off. So I wanted to do other things other than necessarily go to church and spend time with, with Christians. And through that also, through that time, uh, there was no small group studies. There was nothing else that I was investing myself into when it came to uh, the life of spending time with other Christians. I don't... At that time, I, I totally believe I was saved. I knew Christ. I was, I was doing other things. I was reading my Bible and praying and doing things that I knew I should be doing as a Christian, but I was neglecting this idea of finding joy and fellowship with other Christians. And I'll tell you what happened is that I came to a point where I wouldn't say I was depressed, but it was... It, I can't explain the feeling you have when you don't have the other Christians in your life they're building into you. It almost feels like almost even an emptiness that happened. And it was a couple of months of time. It was probably about a six-month period where we really never went to church, and I felt that so deeply. And I hated it, but yet I still... It became a habit, so we didn't go. And then we started going to another church, and God just opened my eyes and said, you know, this is what you've been missing out on. It's not what you've been able to skip. It's what you're missing out on. And I realized then, and I still realize today, there may be days that it's hard to get up. There may be days that it's hard to come out, especially you know, a couple of weeks ago when it was like negative two degrees or whatever it is. I understand that it's hard, but yet the benefit of joy that we can have by being together is well worth coming because God wants us to have joy with one another. He wants us to come together to have joy. What does this mean for all of us? Well, do we seek fellowship or do we run away? Do we find the goodness of fellowship in, with our fellow Christians? Do we do these things? And uh, what is this for you? Uh, maybe you're the type of person who comes into the service, says hi to a couple people, and leaves as soon as you can. I would encourage you, don't do that. Stay around. Come early. Talk with others. Fellowship with others. Be with other Christians. Don't just come just to sit and, and sing and listen to a sermon. Those are great things, but you're missing out on a great aspect of church. You're missing out on the fellowship of other believers. So I encourage you, if maybe you've fallen in that camp, and I know there's reasons. I have kids. I understand they need to get home for naps, and I get all that stuff. I do, but I'm telling you, you're missing out, and I don't want you to miss out any longer. Or maybe you come to our services, but this is really the only time you see other Christians. We have so many opportunities here at our church that you can be involved with other Christians throughout the week. We have home groups that most of them, I believe, are restarting this week. Uh, we've got Sunday school that you can come to. There's various different social activities that happen throughout the year. There's lots of different opportunities that you can have, that you can have fellowship with one another that is beyond just Sunday morning. 
And I would encourage you, once again, if you are not involved in a home group, if you're not involved in Sunday school, if you're not involved in the other opportunities that we have here to be involved in the lives of other Christians, that you would take the opportunity to do so. Not out of legalism, not because you have to be here as often as you can, but because if you're not, you're missing out. I just want to plead with you. You're missing out on joy because you're missing out on being with other Christians. I know life is busy. I know life is hard. But I would encourage you once again, wherever you're standing right now, do what you need to do to be here with other Christians because it'll be well worth it. Because it is good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. Enjoy the people of God. So find joy in fellowship. The next thing we'll talk about, and this is the, the issue that no pastor ever really wants to talk about, but yet uh, it, it's in the Scripture, so let's talk about it, is the fact that we should find joy in giving. Second Corinthians 9, 7, let, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't just say God loves a giver. God's not all about, I just need you to give as much money as possible because I love money. No, God loves the giver himself. He loves the cheerful giver. So my question is to each and every one of us, and this doesn't just apply to giving to our general fund. This is, this is even broader than just giving money. I mean, we're talking about our time, our talents, our financial resources, the things that God has given to us. Are we giving it back? And not only are we giving it back, but are we doing it with joy? Or is it kind of like you, you reach in for that bill and you just, it's like you know, you're, you're, you're battling with yourself whether you're going to put it in the box or not. I would say plate, but we don't have a plate here. But is, you, is, it, is it hard to do or is it something you find joy in? And I'm, like I said, this isn't just money. This is our time. It's our talents. It's everything God has given us. But do you find yourself feeling, as this is talking about, gives you purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, do you find yourself doing it because you feel like you have to? Or are you doing it because you feel like you get to do it? That you love to be able to give your time, your talents, even your money. You see, God wants a cheerful giver. He doesn't want somebody that feels like they have to, so they throw in money or they throw in a few hours of their day because they feel like that's the, the only thing that God expects. It is something God expects, but he wants it to be done out of joyfulness. So I would encourage you today, I don't know what you give, whether it's your time, your talent, your money. And it, the church cannot function without you giving these things. Can't function without people giving their time. We looked at the new edition. Without people being willing to give up, in some cases, days of their time to help with building things, to help with block, to do different things. If we didn't have that, the new building would still be half-built. You know, so we need people that are willing to give time. Or maybe talent, same thing. I mean, there, uh, there's cupboards that were built over there. If you asked me to build a cupboard, uh, the whole place would probably fall apart, and I'd probably break several things. Uh, but yet we have people who knew what they were doing that came in. They were able to build cupboards and cabinets that we needed, and that was a talent. Maybe there's other talents that you might have. We have a worship team up here. Once again, if you had me up here leading worship, everybody would leave, okay? So uh, everybody needs to use their talents and their gifts and their time and also, yes, in order for the church to function efficiently, we do need money. That's the truth of the world. We need money in order to function. God will provide, and he does provide, but he wants to provide through you and through myself and through us giving even of our financial resources. But let's remember, it's not just to do because we have to, but because we have joy in giving back what God has already given us. Let's find joy in that.
And final, the last thing I want to look at, and there's so many other things we could have looked at, but the last thing I want to talk about is we should find joy in our trials. Now, originally, James chapter 1 was going to be the passage that I was going to go to this morning, and I was going to go uh, through the passage and talk about this idea of finding joy in trials. And as I prepared, and I prepared some more, I just kept feeling, there's just something that, there was like a block that I hit. It was a writer's block, whatever you want to call it, but I don't think it was just a physical thing. I think it was God kind of steering me in a different direction. I started praying and he said, you know, this is something to be talked about, but let's broaden it more. And that's why we've gone from finding joy in trials to finding joy in life. And this is one aspect is to find joy in our trials. Uh, Once again, the blessing song perfectly comes into this because yes, there are trials in our life, but God turns them into blessings. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be made perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now this word perfect here could also be translated mature. Uh, What is it being said here? We find joy when we fall into trials, not because of the trial itself. It's not like... It's not like we can never feel sad or hurt because a trial is going on, because that will happen. But what do we find joy in? We find joy in the truth that we know that even though the trial may hurt and the trial may be uh, a terrible thing for us, that that trial is leading to us being more like Christ, that we are being matured, perfected. We are being completed by Christ through trials. In First Peter, he talks about the idea of gold being refined. It's the same thing. You've got to melt the gold down to get the impurities out. And this, this is what he's talking about. Find joy in our trials, not because of the trials themselves, but because of what the result of the trials will be. You see, God wants to work in each and every one of our lives, and He wants us to be more like Him. And if we truly love Him and are following Him as Christians, our desire should also be that we want to be more and more like Him. But sometimes we won't get to that place unless we have to experience some heat, some issues, some problems, some things that hurt, some things that we don't understand, things that we go to bed crying and pleading with God over. And yet we know that there is joy to be found in the fact that God is working in you throughout that trial. I would encourage you, if you are going through a trial, to read James chapter 1. There's lots of things that can flow out of our trials. One thing is we can uh, answer our trials with sin. We can answer our trials with trying to handle things on our own and by uh, relying on our own wealth. But instead, what God wants us to do is to rely on Him and know that we are being worked in and being worked through. So you can find your trials joyful in the fact that we will be made more like Christ. So do we find our trials to be joyful? Or do we complain? Do we... Do we let trials cause us to fall into sin or do we let trials cause us to become more like Him? You see, the Bible tells us we need to have joy in our trials. We need to have joy in our Christian lives. We need to have joy in all of these things. That leads us to our final slide here. Whenever I preach, I really, really like people to walk away with one idea that kind of sticks in their mind. Because I don't want everybody to forget about what we've learned, and, or myself. And I, I have a phrase here that I'm going to give, and it's probably not grammatically correct. I'll say that. I'm not a grammatician. All right? But uh, it's an interesting thing, because you change one letter in a word, and it can make all the difference. And that is this phrase. God wants us to realize that we do not got to live the Christian life, but instead we get to. We don't got to live the Christian life. We get to. We don't... Uh, 
got to go through trials, we get to go through trials. We don't got to give, we get to give. We don't got to fellowship, we get to fellowship. We don't got to worship, we get to worship. We don't got to pray, we get to pray. We don't got to read God's Word, we get to read God's Word. We don't got to be saved, we get to be saved through Christ. So do we find joy? Do we, do we really find that our relationship with Christ is one of true joy and happiness or not? As we think about all these things and we think about are we pursuing joyfulness in our life? Are we pursuing joyfulness in God, in Christ? Are you a Christian today that is living a life that you know is not joyful? Whether it's because you're complaining or whether you're feeling down or whatever it might be, but you know you're not experiencing the joy has for you. Well, adjust your, adjust your attitude, adjust your mindset. Maybe this is the phrase that might help you to do that. When you're thinking, oh, I've got to go to church, think, no, I don't got to go to church. I get to go to church. And beyond it, as we can continue to go on through these things, I don't got to be a Christian, I get to be a Christian. These are, this is a fundamental change in our way of thinking. So maybe adjust the way you think. Repent of some of the things that you know you've been doing wrong and say, God, look, I know that I've tried to do things on my own. I know that I am a complainer. I know that I look towards things in a negative way and I want to repent of that because I want to have joy in you. Repent. And then ultimately, what do we need to do? We need to pray that God will give us the joy that we so desire. We went way back to the fact that we talked about uh, being Christians. Uh, and when we looked at that, we looked at the fact that it is God that gives the joy in believing. So let's call on Him and ask Him to give us the joy, like I said, that we long for, that He has put inside us, that He wants us to find joy in Him. So let's call out to Him and ask for that. Maybe today that's you and you're living a joyless life and you know Christ. That's not what He wants for you. Live in joy. And maybe some of these other things we've talked about, maybe you haven't seen it as joy and you've seen it as uh, compulsion, something that you have to do. I would encourage you just change your ideas of that and pray to Him. He will change your heart if you only let Him. He will change your heart if you only let Him. Maybe today you're a Christian here and you find joy in life. Don't let that joy die. Let that be infectious to others. And as you have joy in these things also, the joy that you exhibit will also go to others who will also catch that joy if they're Christians. Or maybe those who aren't saved and say, there's something different that I want in that person because of the joy that they have found in Christ. Maybe today you're saying, I don't even know how to have joy in Christ because I don't know Christ for myself. Earlier today, we already talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came as a baby. He lived a sinless life. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died for all of our sins. He rose again to prove that he was God over death, God over uh, hell, and that we don't have to experience hell, but instead can experience true joy and eternal life in him. All he asks is that we receive him, we repent, that we turn away from the way we've been living and we look towards him. And that's what we do when we believe. We are looking towards him completely. And when we do that, we know that we can have this joy and this peace and everything else that he's offered. Um, not that life's going to be perfect. It actually might even get harder in a worldly sense. But yet God will be there. Christ will be there with you. You can uh, go into his love as we looked at earlier. And that He is there and you can find joy in that. And that would be what I would ask for you. Just call out to Christ. Call out to Him that He would save you. That He would take your sin and He would forgive it. That He would make you new. And He promises that He will. And He promises that you can have joy 
in him. True, lasting joy that won't fade away as many resolutions do, but yet will continue on for all eternity. Let's pray, and then we will um, go down, and we have an opportunity today to also look to Christ through communion. So let's pray, and then we'll do that. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your reminder to us that uh, you want joy for us. And I just pray that we would look to that, that we would change our attitude if need be, that we would look to you and know that you have joy there for us if we would only just listen to you and accept your word and that, God, we could have joy and real joy, not the joy that the world offers, but the joy that only you can give. And, and God, I pray that we'd embrace that. I pray that we wouldn't be Christians who are just living a humdrum life, but instead would just live a life of love and joy for you. And I pray that for myself. I pray that for everyone sitting here. I pray that for even those who aren't part of our congregation, uh, that are outside going to other churches. I pray that for those who aren't able to be here today. God, I just pray that we would find true joy in following it and loving you. We pray for all these things. We pray that you'd be glorified through the rest of our service as we remember the death of Christ. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.